It's one o'clock on Ben Chade. Headlines. A former deputy commissioner of police and veteran of the Occupy protests is called out of retirement. Washington hits back after Beijing accuses U.S. diplomats in the SAR of interfering in Hong Kong affairs. Airport officials implement crowd control measures ahead of a planned anti-extradition demonstration. And Hong Kong has warned that air pollution this afternoon will pose a serious health risk. Former Deputy Commissioner of Police Lao Yip-shing has returned to the force to serve in a temporary post of Deputy Commissioner of Police for special duties from today. This comes ahead of another weekend of protests across the territory. Janice Wong reports. Mr. Lau was the police commissioner who oversaw operations during the 2014 Occupy protests. He was also a part of the decision-making team on the night of the Mong Kok unrest in 2016 that broke out over the government's attempt to clear street hawkers in the area. It was shortly after that that he was promoted to deputy commissioner of police. And now Mr. Lau, who once described the Mong Kok unrest as the most violent, most barbaric clash since the handover, will step in to help deal with the ongoing anti-extradition protests, where there's been a growing escalation of violence. Apart from dealing with the large-scale public order events, Mr. Lau will also help steer forthcoming major operations, including celebrations to mark the 70th anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic of China. Mr. Lau left the force in 2018 after reaching the mandatory retirement age of 57. The U.S. State Department has hit back at a demand from China's foreign ministry that U.S. diplomats here stop interfering in Hong Kong's affairs after they met with pro-democracy activists earlier this week. Mike Weeks has the details. The foreign ministry yesterday expressed strong dissatisfaction with American authorities over the reported meeting on Tuesday with what it described as a local independence group. The group in question is Demosisto, and according to two local pro-Beijing newspapers, members of it, including Joshua Wong and Nathan Law, were discussing anti-extradition protest plans with the head of the political unit of the U.S. Consulate General in Hong Kong. The ministry urged the U.S. consulate to immediately make a clean break with what it called anti-China rioters and stop interfering in Hong Kong's affairs. But a State Department spokesman in Washington rejected the claims and accused Beijing of leaking personal details of a U.S. diplomat. Members of the Civil Human Rights Front have filed a police report at the North Point Police Station about rumours of a planned gang attack on anti-extradition bill protesters this Sunday. Clashes broke out between some protesters and a gang of men armed with sticks on Monday night during the general strike, and online rumours suggest that a gang plan another attack on Sunday. The Front's Calvin Ho says members of the public and peaceful protesters have been attacked by groups of armed men in several districts in recent weeks and believes the police have not been doing enough to bring these attackers to justice. We can see that police only arrest the peaceful protester instead of those gangsters. So uh, we don't have any hope about the police. But we still come here to call the police because it is the only way for us to stop any attack for the peaceful protester. 
The Hong Kong airport has implemented crowd control measures ahead of a planned anti-extradition demonstration at its arrival hall over the next three days. Only passengers with air tickets and travel documents will be allowed to enter the check-in area of its departure hall in Terminal 1. An airport authority official said the measures are intended to avoid overcrowding and ensure that only genuine passengers enter the departure hall. Outgoing travelers say they don't find the extra measures bothersome, telling RTHK's Francis Sit that it's just for safety. You just show the ticket and you get in. It's not that big a deal. It's a safety thing. I think uh, we're from Sweden, so they would do the same. I think passengers don't want to be inconvenienced by, uh, you know, political issues. That's that's the whole story. I think it's a good idea to stage protest here at the airport. I think it sends a very strong message. Well, it tells the government that the people are really in charge if they want to be. Air pollution in Hong Kong is expected to further worsen this afternoon, posing a serious risk to public health as super typhoon Lakima continues to affect the city. The Environmental Protection Department says children, the elderly and people suffering from respiratory illnesses should avoid going outdoors. Kenneth Leung is a principal environmental protection officer. It's mainly because of the super typhoon Lakima, which is affecting Taiwan right now. The subsistence of this typhoon is affecting the whole Perifer Delta area, which basically trap all the pollutants within this area. And due to the strong sunlight, it actually escalates the photochemical effect. And all the pollutants just affect the whole Perifer Delta area, including Hong Kong. Most of today's flights between Hong Kong and Taipei have been cancelled because of Lakima, and the airport authority is advising passengers to check before going to the airport. Elsewhere in the region, Lakima has prompted the closure of schools and businesses in northern Taiwan, bringing heavy rain and winds of nearly 200 kilometers an hour. In the south of Japan, 14,000 homes were left without power. The Clean Air Network says it's worried that there doesn't seem to be enough immediate action by people to reduce their exposure to these hazardous pollutants. The group's chief executive officer, Patrick Fong, says it's a public health crisis and the government should issue more information to let the public know when, what to do, especially during peak hours when people are outside. At the moment, the low wind speed is not able to disperse the air pollution produced locally, especially from the road traffic. And therefore, at district, especially with a strong street canyon effect with tall buildings on the roadside, would trap all the air pollution produced. And this situation would be more severe, especially during lunch hour and off-work peak hours. The deputy director of U.S. National Intelligence, Sue Gordon, is resigning. She will leave with her boss, the agency's current director, Dan Coates. Mr. Trump has named Joseph McGuire, the current head of the National Counterterrorism Center, as acting director. The BBC's Peter Bowes has seen correspondence between Ms. Gordon and the president and says this may explain the high turnover of senior staff within the Trump administration. The Deputy National Intelligence Director Sue Gordon sent a note with her letter of resignation and it sounds like she is leaving reluctantly. She wrote, I offer this letter as an act of respect and patriotism, not preference. You should have your team, which illustrates the point. I think that sometimes Donald Trump is just very difficult to work with and he seems to have a problem developing long-term professional relationships with his very senior directors. 
U.S. Democrats and rights groups have condemned a major immigration raid in the state of Mississippi as cruel and unnecessary. Nearly 700 people were arrested during the operation, which took place at several food processing plants on Wednesday. The BBC's Chris Buckler reports. In many cases, these are parents, in some cases single parents, who were working while their children were actually going back to school. And some of them returned from school to their homes with nowhere to go to because their parents weren't there. And in fact, a gym had to be opened up to take those children. And here in the US, networks have been playing some clips from children in which they talk about their upset at their parents disappearing. So what if my dad took me free and everybody else? I don't know if children are crying because I'm not mom we do have a statement from ICE, which is this group, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, in which they say that almost half of the people who were taken into custody have now been released. The UN's Human Rights Commissioner, Michelle Bachelet, has criticised latest US sanctions against Venezuela. Michelle Bachelet said the unilateral sanctions were extremely broad and would intensify the suffering of millions of Venezuelans, particularly the most vulnerable ones. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. Ms. Bachelet said the sanctions were extremely broad and didn't contain sufficient measures to mitigate the impact on the most vulnerable sectors of the population. She said that previous U.S. sanctions had made the crisis in Venezuela even worse. The new measures were announced on Monday. The Trump administration has frozen all Venezuelan government assets in the U.S. and banned commercial transactions with the Nicolás Maduro government over alleged human rights violations. Mr. Maduro says the U.S. is finding excuses to topple his socialist government and seize Venezuela's vast oil resources. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has instructed civil servants to draw up a fast-track visa program to attract scientists from overseas once Britain leaves the European Union. Mr Johnson said the process should attract talent like a supercharged magnet. Sir, Venk Sir Venki Ramakrishnan, the president of Britain's oldest scientific institution, the Royal Society, welcomed the initiative, but said it would not compensate for the loss of talent if Britain left without a deal. If we crash out without a deal we will be disrupting our closest collaborators. A no-deal Brexit is going to make it really bad for science, and they need to keep that in mind. Just doing this is not going to alleviate the problems of a no-deal Brexit. The British Foreign Secretary Dominic Robb has said the European Union will bear responsibility for a no-deal Brexit if it doesn't change its negotiating position. Mr Robb was speaking on a visit to Mexico, where he signed agreements designed to increase cooperation between the two countries. He said Mexico was exactly the sort of place Britain would turn to after Brexit. My country, the United Kingdom, is about to leave the European Union precisely because we want to broaden our horizons and strengthen our friendships with countries right across the world. And of course, Mexico here is undergoing historic change with all the ambition for prosperity and social well-being that that entails. So I think this is just the moment for our two nations to do much more together. To finance now, official data shows factory price inflation on the mainland fell below zero for the first time in three years. It's the latest sign of weakening demand amid mounting Sino-US trade tensions. The producer price index, which measures the cost of goods at the factory gate, dropped 0.3% year-on-year in July, down from 0% in June. It's the first deflation since August 2016. Analysts polled by Bloomberg had expected minus 0.1%. 
Shares in the ride-hailing firm Uber have fallen after the company posted a record quarterly loss of over $5 billion. The losses are more than five times as much as the same period last year. Competition has forced the company to hold down prices, while costs for research and development and marketing remain high. Uber also reported its slowest growth since it began publishing such figures two years ago. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,073. That's 47 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $39 billion. And in currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 105.99 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 11 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 51 cents. And for sports now, here's Joanne Wong. Starting with some last-minute deals struck before the English Premier League summer transfer window closed. Here's John Bennett from the BBC. Tottenham were very busy on deadline day. At the start of the day, they were in for three players. They got two of the three. Ryan Sessegnon, a permanent deal. Giovanni Lo Celso alone from Real Betis with an option to buy, but they missed out on Paolo Dybala of Juventus. The Italian club decided to keep him. One of the stars of the Africa Cup of Nations, Ismail Assar, has joined Watford for a club record fee from Rennes. He played in the final of the AFCON with Senegal. Uh, Manchester United have sold Romelu Lukaku to Inter Milan. Burnley have brought in the Chelsea midfielder Danny Drinkwater on loan. Andy Carroll's rejoined Newcastle United. Right before the deadline, we learnt that Nigeria's Alex Iwobi is joining Everton from Arsenal for around £30 million. Kieran Tierney has joined Arsenal from Celtic for £25 million. And the David Luiz move has been completed. He signed a new deal at Chelsea back in May, but he's joined Arsenal for £8 million. Owen Coyle, a former Republic of Ireland manager, said Man United have probably had enough of Lukaku. Well, I think what it says is that they decided that he was leaving. If you think about the, the saga about him betraying in, in Belgium and not being training with Manchester United, that tells you that he was leaving. Ultimately, I think Manchester United have achieved a decent you know, sum of money for him. They've obviously spent a lot of money bringing the, the talented young players that they have brought in. The other thing as well, that I think Lukaku is a wonderful player when he's at his very best, as he's shown. But last year was quite an underwhelming year in respect of what his return was on the field for the ability he has. So I think Manchester United decided, well, it was all in the hierarchy that it was time for him to move on. And I think it's a move that suits both parties. He has a chance to get his career back in track and Manchester United get him money that they can reinvest on. They've certainly already spent prior to that coming back in. Tennis Carolina Pliskova is keeping her hopes of reclaiming the world number one ranking alive by reaching the quarterfinals of the WTA tournament in Toronto. The Czech third seed saw off Estonia's Annette Kontavid 6-3-7-5 to set up a last eight clash with rising Canadian star Bianca Andreescu. And Serena Williams and Japan's Naomi Osaka have booked a rematch of last year's US Open final after straight set triumphs. The Japanese star beat her childhood idol in that Grand Slam showdown in New York last year. And the men's singles, the top seeded defense champion Rafael Nadal stepped closer to a record 35th Masters 1000 title, beating Argentina's Guido Pea 6-3, 6-4 in windy conditions to advance to the Rogers Cup quarterfinals. South African batsman Hashim Amla has retired from all international cricket at the age of 36. Amla called time on a 15-year international career, during which he gained a reputation as one of the country's most naturally gifted batsmen. He finished as South Africa's second-highest run scorer in test cricket, behind Jacques Callis and the third highest in one day internationals behind Callis and AB de Villiers. And that's your look at sport. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3. I've got five.
I'm not scared of the dark. You've never seen it look so easy. I got a river for a soul, and baby, you're a boat. Baby, you're my only reason. If I didn't have you, there would be nothing left. The shell of a man that could never be his best. If I didn't have you, we'd never see the sun. It's hard me how to be someone. Yeah. All my life, you stood by me when no one else was ever behind me. All these lights. Can't blind me with your love. Nobody can drag me down. All my 